Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you to whoever you are listening to this. Before we start, just to remind you that we do this podcast two, three times a week. But we don't always know which days it's going to be on, so there's only one way to know, and that is to subscribe and get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough about that. Let's talk some rugby. Just before we start today's podcast, we've got some exciting and important news to tell you about our podcast. As of now, our podcasts will be hosted on the Global Player app. Now, don't worry, if you listen to us on other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast, that's fine. But we recommend you download the Global Player app to listen to our podcast before it's released on any other player. The Global Player is available to download on iOS and Google stores. I'm Ben James, and today I am joined by my colleague Mark Orders over the phone. It's the latest in this series of our writers uh, regaling tales of their favourite games. We've had Simon Thomas looking at Wales against South Africa in 1999. Uh, we've had Matt Southcombe doing a far more recent one, Wales v France at the World Cup last year. And I say we got Mark Orders on the podcast today. Um, and it's a classic, isn't it, Mark? It really is a classic, and um, it's... It was unexpectedly so as well. It's it's Wales, New Zealand um, played it at the 2003 World Cup, and um, it just turned into a memorable encounter. Beforehand, Wales had not been playing well in the tournament. Uh, I think I can remember bookmakers out in Australia were giving Wales, giving Wales a 52-point start, and. Um, when when uh, we were walking to the game um, that uh, night in Sydney, uh, there were New Zealand fans shouting, save the whales. And um, it turned out that, uh, you know, whales did quite a good job of saving themselves. At one point, the Kiwis looked as if they might need some saving. But, yeah, it was a great game. It finished whales 37, whales... New Zealand 53 and 12 tries and some spectacular play from the likes of Shane Williams uh, and Jonathan Thomas. It, it was it truly was a humdinger, really. Um, perhaps the first time since 1978, I think, that uh, Wills had given the All Blacks a, a decent game. And as I say, it was completely unexpected because... They they thought been playing like drains really um, beforehand, but um, as, as we know, uh, it all came together on the night. And at one point, they they were actually leading in the second half and, and in dreamland, you know. Because obviously it was the final pool game, wasn't it? And um, I think was it Tonga, Canada, and Italy that we played previously. And as you say. Performances hadn't been brilliant. I think Yestin Harris had been playing inside centre for all of those, hadn't he? And then come the final game, I think it was always Hansen's intention to mix things up in the team selection. That's certainly what he did. Well, well, he did. And that in itself was quite controversial because um, Wales had qualified uh, for the quarterfinals by defeating Italy the week before in a game that saw them uh, make 170-odd tackles. It was a really backs-against-the-wall sort of effort. And uh, few people gave them any hope at all, and particularly after uh, Anson had named his side, which 
contained a number of surprises, not least the selection of Shane. He, had, he hadn't he hadn't sort of featured in, in the World Cup up to that point. He, he'd gone out there as the third choice scrum half. And it just looked as if uh, Anson wasn't bothered about the game and was was prepared to sort of rest some of his star players, maybe like Martin Williams, um, for the England game a week later. And uh, I remember after the game, uh, when Wills had performed so well, uh, Hansen did his press conference and then he, he came down uh, to have a chat with the Welsh press and he had a go at one of the boys um, who'd written something for the... Uh, he was a freelance. He'd written something for the Daily Express and they put a headline on it before before the game, Wales with the white flag. And uh, Hansel was furious with it. And uh, even in a moment of... Uh, relative triumph, he still took a swipe at this journalist, uh, metaphorically. Um, but on the trip, in fairness to him, he was really good value, and he, he was he was quite helpful. But he he was always a little bit touchy uh, with the press if if you rubbed him up the wrong way. I mean, it wouldn't have been too long before that that Wales were beaten. Was it fifty five three by? Yeah, it, it was it was something in that ballpark, and you know what a particularly memorable incident saw Chavez. Yep, Spark, Chavez yeah, sparked out. Yeah, sparked out by you know a hit from Jerry Collins, and um, so yeah, there was there was that physical challenge which which they they there was not it was a physical challenge and a psychological challenge as well. This this is. This is sort of five or six months earlier. They'd lost by 50-odd points. Um, and as I say, people didn't assume th- this would be a contest. But um, Wills picked um, a back row. Ma- I'll say Martin was, was, was left out. And I think that back row would have been Jarvis, Alex Popham, and Jonathan Thomas. And... Um, Charles had a great game. Um, he's, he, he, he was a he was a really terrific player for Wales, and I don't say that lightly. Over the years, he could play anywhere in the back row, and he would he would rise to any challenge. And on his day, he was a world class player. And this day, they um, they sort of Popham and Charles. I think Sonny Parker as well in, in midfield, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, he was twelve. Um, yeah they really sort of dished it out physically and it was a couple of big hits on Collins and at one point after uh, a series of big hits on him he uh, he actually left the field injured and uh, I'm sure it wasn't planned that way but nonetheless it would have been a psychological lift for Wills to see the guy who had sort of uh, tormented them so much a few months earlier you know, having to leave the field and um, yeah, it was great. And, and Jonathan Thomas in the back row really came of age that night. Um, in fact, in the press conference, um, the old blacks were asked uh, about Shane Williams, who had, you know, who had the game of his life, really. And uh, somebody asked, uh, I think it was John Mitchell, you know, what, what did you think of uh, the Wills number 11? He said, never mind the Wills number 11, where did they find that number six from? And that was Jonathan Thomas. 
And his ball carrying was just immense. He was, he was breaking tackles. Uh, probably, probably, Jonathan, even though I think he won 67 caps, that was probably his finest sort of performance in a red jersey. He, he, he was truly outstanding that night. And all over the pitch, Wales players seemed to lift their performance level. And, uh, and yet, you know, they, they started stickily, if, if you remember. Um with the All Blacks scoring really early on. It literally took about a minute and 13 seconds, didn't it, I think? Um, Aaron, yeah, Ma- Aaron Major bumped off um, Cooper in midfield and they went over in the corner. Honest, honestly, we, we were taking our seats and we, and we were sitting down and it, it was sort of pre-live blog day, so we didn't have to worry about a live blog. But... Um, I think actually the score I recorded it is 93 seconds, so but we won't quibble over <laughs> over 20 uh, seconds, uh, over 20 odd years. Um, yeah, and it, and it was a try, and um, the Old Blacks just looked as if they could open Wales up whenever they had the ball, and uh, at that point you thought, wow, the, the, Wales could be going for 50, 60, 70 points here, and. Um, and there was a then there was a, a weird momentum shift, and Garen Evans, who had been brought in at uh, uh, for his his only World Cup appearance, actually he was playing at full back, and he's a good little player. He's good. He's quick. Garen, uh, an athlete player, a scarlet player, and uh, he picked up a bump, and there was a hold up in play for about. I don't know, it would have been about four or five minutes while he was given treatment and then taken from the field. And I sort of took the sting out of the all, seemed to take the sting out of the all blacks. And uh, the game effectively restarted. Um, it was as if it was started completely afresh. And Wills had uh, Gareth Thomas at um, a full back in place of Garen Evans. Garen Evans. And Alfie had a great game again. Um, it was a really sort of first time that he showed that he could he could sort of play uh, as a hard running running full back for Wales. And um, that night he had a storm at, and it, it it just seemed to change everything. You you had this guy coming on. Let's be honest with Alfie, he, he wouldn't have known a lost cause if it had smacked him in the face. And um, he, he had a, an excellent game that night. Uh, totally fearless, running from the back, and uh, with Shane, sort of really, really inspired Wales behind the scrum. And it was Alfie and Jonathan Thomas who linked up, wasn't it, to set up the first try? Because I think Stephen Jones had chipped behind and, and regathered and given it to Shanklin, and then they went wide. And I think Alfie and John Thomas put Mark Taylor over. Yeah, yeah. I- I mean, I mean, look, we, we, we're talking, we're talking seventeen years. So, um, my my memory of individual tries is a little sketchy. That's all I can remember is is that the All Blacks forged ahead, and Wales um, at one point uh, scored twenty four points in eleven unanswered minutes, with tries coming in from everywhere, and. Um, Really, as well as Jonathan Thomas played, and as well as Alfie played, and as well as Jarvis played, 
the absolute star on the night uh, was Shane. Um, he, he was he, he was out of this world, um, and and nobody. I mean, he, he'd been playing well for Nice and um, playing very very well for Nice. But of course, it's a big job to test rugby from club rugby in those days, and. Uh, uh, he, he'd only just made the World Cup squad. He, he sort of just edged into that squad, and, um, and and people had pretty much forgotten he was on the trip. And uh, and then he, he just—it it was like all or nothing for him, really. That that was the the sort of that was the attitude that he took onto the pitch, and. Um, he just had a wonderful game. I was, I can, I can remember it now. I was sitting behind these Australian radio commentators, and uh, one of them was was going just. He was almost in a frenzy. He was shouting, uh, "Give the ball!" Shouting into the uh, into the mic, "Give the ball to Shane Williams. He's the man. He's just like Gerald Davies." And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when Wales were giving the ball to Shane, he, he was was doing the st- doing his stuff, and the All Blacks found it so so difficult to sort of keep him in check and shackle him that night. Uh, just sidesteps, jinks, feints. It, it was the, the game that we all came to know, and uh, he, he was he was just terrific and really. You, you can look at that night, and Shane has said himself. Really, it was it was the night that relaunched his career, and um, he, he was just. It, it was one of the great displays by uh, individual displays by a Wales player. I would suggest, you know, certainly that I've seen maybe in history. Because before that that sort of period you're talking about, where Wales scored a lot of unanswered points, the All Blacks had started to pull away and I think Rockathoko had scored and then Leo McDonald then Ali Williams they had about an 18 point lead and then it then it all did stem from a Shane Williams trademark break yeah well I have to say it was um, with Shane that night he, he knew that um, if he didn't perform Steve Hansen there was every chance Steve Hansen wasn't going to pick him again and Hansen didn't appear to rate him and um, if he didn't perform that night, that probably would have closed down his international career. But I, I was reading, um, reading the match report I wrote for the South of the Evening Post, actually, um, uh, for, for Monday's Evening Post that, that uh, weekend. And uh, I actually said, oh, Will, Will, you know, Hansel's got a bit of a tricky call now. Uh, who, who does he pick? Uh, for the game with England, the quarter-final with England, does he go for Shane, who played so well, or Mark Jones? I mean, really, what was I thinking? <laughs> what was I thinking? Mark Jones was a really, really good player. But Shane had just produced the game of his life, and uh, he had to play. And uh, and he did, of course. And, and, and you know, we, we know now that he, he sort of repeated the doors against England as well. Um He's a really, really special player. Shane was, and um, if, if you if you're looking at the best Wales players of the last thirty years, he, he's going to be up there in the top three. Um, 
I would suggest. And, and that night you could see the confidence just coursing through his veins. And, uh, and when he went over to that try that nudged Wills in front, um, you just thought that anything was possible. And uh, they actually took the lead and all around was bedlam. People couldn't believe it. And, uh, and uh, I'd say my Australian friend in, in front was uh, at that stage... Uh, they're not the the keenest, shall we say, fans of the old backs at that stage. He, he he was just going, he was just going wild, and um, yeah, yeah, memorable, memorable, really good. I was going to say when Shane went over, that was what forty five minutes in. So Wales lead in New Zealand with thirty five or twenty five to go uh, on the clock. Thirty five, you know, that's not that's you know unprecedented territory isn't it for Wales what what was the feeling like well I mean it's the all black so you, you assume that uh, you, you don't assume that the, the game is over <laughs> at any point and uh, I think at the time I mean you know if you, if you rewound um, if you rewound perhaps a year Wales seemed to be really unfit as well I say really unfit Wales Hansen had spent a lot of time working on their fitness before that tournament, and they, they'd had a disastrous run of results. But his mantra was, look, we've we got to get our preparation right, ignore all the all the results. You know, we're building for the World Cup. And um, in fairness to him, when, when he took over, Wills had been in a... A really, really poor state. They, they, they look to be way behind the other countries uh, in terms of fitness, and that had affected just their game. They, they were losing heavily. I think they played Ireland in Dublin under Henry's last game. They lost by 50, 50 odd points, and Welsh rugby was in absolute disarray. Um, England then uh, sent a sort of second string down in the summer. To Cardiff and Wales are their best team on the on the pitch, and and yet again, I, I got a funny feeling that that was that was a forty pointer as well, and um, you just felt that, that Wales perhaps weren't as maybe as as well conditioned as, as as they might be. But in fairness, if we broaden this discussion, in fairness uh, to Hansen. Um, I thought he did a good job in his time with Wales. The, the results may have been disastrous um, up to that World Cup. I think it was a ten-game uh, losing run. Uh, I think if he if he if he'd lost the next one against Scotland in a friendly, I think Moffat was going to sack him and uh, Hansen. And uh, but but he he stuck with his guns and he was he was prepared to to sort of walk or, or even be sacked if it meant uh, properly preparing the side in terms of their conditioning. And um, and uh, really, he started from scratch. You, you can't even begin to appreciate the, the size of the job he took on at the time. I probably was in such a state. And he, uh, he sort of, someone has said, he, he came in like with... With with Graham Henry, Henry brought in a few players like Peter Rogers, Sigurdsson, um, and uh, Shane Howarth. With Steve Hansen, he came in. He, he effectively shot the patient, and 
uh, I'd just started afresh and started uh, to build something new and something different. They toured South Africa the year before and um, performed quite well, actually. And um, slowly, they were slowly they were, were building, but there was a question mark over their fitness, which perhaps wasn't going to be resolved quickly. And so when Wales were leading uh, with, with 25 minutes to go, you sort of, you thought, well, hold it, the game is... The game is not over yet, and uh, yeah, the All Blacks duly came back, and it, it sort of it started to go their way, and and yeah, it, it, it then ended up with the old story, the All Blacks running in the tries. Um, but I can remember that night um, going back to the hotel um, in Sydney, and uh, trying to write the match report. And it was so difficult because while it was a, a, a really, really encouraging Wales performance, they, they'd still sort of uh, conceded 50-plus points and, uh, and they'd still lost. And in, in the final quarter, they, they, they'd shipped a lot of points and tries. So you didn't want to go over the top and you wanted to pitch it right and uh, I was reading it. I was reading it yesterday, actually, the match report. And uh, I can uh, I can remember thinking, you know, you don't want to go over the top because uh, at the end of the day, they, as I say, they it's still a half century of points. But wow, there was a lot to be encouraged by. And um, yeah, it was it was it was some save. And it did it did sort of change the. The outlook on things. Obviously, they played England the week after, and and yeah. that sort of that swashbuckling sort of rugby carried over as well, didn't it? And the belief. Yeah, well, it did, and uh, again, we were. Um, it was uh, there were there were four of us out there, really members of the Welsh press. That would be myself for the evening. Paul Simon Thomas was doing it for the South Wales Echo at the time. Uh, oh, Simon was doing it for the Western Mail actually Delmy Parfit was doing it for the Echo and Robin Davey was working for the Argus and uh, I don't know what happened to Simon he went, he went missing in action after the uh, after the game <laughs> finished I think and uh, I don't know where he went don't think he was on the train um, coming out of, of the of the ground the, the park where the ground was it was a midnight train back into um Sydney City Centre, and if we say it was lively, uh, then we're, we're not overstated it. One of the it great understatements. Chaos. It was <laughs> chaos. You, you, you had uh, you know, sort of fifty percent or fifty uh, percent of the this, this train involved sort of tanked up Welsh. Well, forty nine point nine percent of the train involved tanked up Welsh people. Um, and then fifty percent involved tanked up Kiwis, and uh, and then there were three of us journalists with our laptops <laughs> watching all this unfold, and it was carnage. Uh, you, you had a Kiwi guy doing a, a hacker, uh, and it was it was a brilliant solo hacker, really loud and really really aggressive, and um, and then you had Welsh supporters singing Bread of Heaven. And they were all rejoicing in uh, telling uh, the English where they could stick their chariot. And uh, the Kiwis then started having to go 
uh, at the Aussies and the Welsh for joining in. And <laughs> honestly, when, when we got back into the city centre, it was, uh, yeah, you know, you, you were happy to start working after after that lot. But uh, good fun. And yeah, you are, you are absolutely right, Ben. The following week then was England. And um, again, you just hoped that Wales would perform again and, uh, and repeat the trick. Um, and in fairness, they did. There we go. Um, I think this, yeah, this is the first match that's been included on this list. It's an actual Wales defeat. But I'd argue it's the best rugby that Wales played out of the other three. I mean, Wales-France at the World Cup last year was by no means a feast of rugby and Wales-South Africa in 1999 obviously was a, a, a mightily impressive victory and a surprisingly composed and controlled victory but it wasn't as exciting on the eye as Wales-New Zealand was even in a losing course. Oh, it was, it was oh, lucky. It, it was really good because as I say, what's made it uh, something to be favoured? Okay, Wales lost the game, but they actually they played with a bit of style and discovered uh, discovered themselves or rediscovered themselves. I mean, at a time, at a time, well, yeah, I'd been on a few trips. I'd I'd been to um, South Africa in '98, which which was which was carnage, and um, that '96 pointer and. And then, as I say, things went downhill a little bit um, after uh, uh, Henry's, the honeymoon period with Henry. And things just started going downhill and Wills seemed to be regressing at a rate of knots. And uh, they just lost their way. And and Welsh rugby seemed in a state. And club rugby as well, it, it, it seemed to be different it, uh, and, and perhaps struggling a little bit uh, too many sort of players and there wasn't enough cash to go around and there was there was all kinds kind of nasal gazing and and uh, it, it was so much about the politics as well at the time and it was it was all a little bit depressing and um, and then out of the blue came this performance and of course uh, people have asked uh, thinks and, and wondered really, we haven't probably had a conclusive answer, whether or not uh, Hanson had planned for Wills to play like that, or whether uh, when Alfie came on, they gathered behind the post and um, and resolved, look, let's just give this a go uh, and let, let's start playing rugby. Um, and, and I, I think it's a bit of both. I think Hanson had, had told the players beforehand, look, you've got nothing to lose. And um, and then after such a disastrous opening, uh, Wills did start uh, really cutting loose with, with Shane and uh, Jonathan Thomas, JT, you know, really, uh, really to the fore. Um, and, it, and it was good because then the following week, England... Uh, Wales played England, and uh, again, it was a great build-up. And you could you could see after the uh, after the All Blacks game, the, the All Blacks uh, actually gave Wales some respect in the press conference, and that's what Hanson really valued. And then almost overnight, preparing for that England game, uh, England seemed to be taking Wales seriously, and Wales hadn't really 
been deserving of such status in the year or two before that. And um, England had dished out some 40, 50 pointers. And uh, it just, uh, they just appeared so far in front of Wales. Um, and yeah, when they, we all, we all went uh, up to Brisbane. And um, yeah, Wales gave them, uh, again, a really, really good account of themselves with all those guys who, who'd shone against New Zealand playing well for a second week running. So it was, uh, as, as you say, Ben. It, it was, it was a, it was a night that Welsh rugby came to life again, and um, it was good. You know, we were on the plane coming home, and uh, we went. Uh, we stood up at one point to stretch our legs, and there was, there was an English businessman uh, who, who joined us, and he, he said, uh, "I really envy you." He said because you guys have got at least 10 years of really exciting rugby uh, to look forward to. And he said, with England, it's, it's getting, it's becoming an aging team. And, um, and so you are, I, I'm not so optimistic about their sort of prospects over the next decade. And really, he wasn't far from, from being right, because Wales did enjoy a really, really good decade, you know, sort of... Um, three grand slams and okay, the style of rugby was a bit different under Gatlin, but still, um, I, I would suggest you know that that was that was a night really where Welsh rugby rediscovered a bit of confidence, and uh, it was really good to be there. And um, but when you look back um, after close on two decades, that is one match I was really glad that I attended. Um, and you can't beat live sport, can you? No. If you if you watch it, no. if, if you're watching if you're watching uh, on TV, it's great. But when you're there and there's so much going on around you and the atmosphere is crackling and yeah, it, it, it was a game that yeah, you know, I I still sort of treasure in my uh, in my memory. Um, not surprised to say this, but I think of all the games we've covered so far on this series. I'm not surprised that you've uh, elicited probably my favourite so far and described it so well. Um, I'll probably end up re-watching it tonight. Uh, that's, that's how much I enjoy watching some of those tries. Uh, thanks for doing this, Mark. It's been a pleasure speaking to you as always. Uh, I look forward to hearing what your other options will be uh, a little bit further down the line. Yeah, that's no problem. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me on.